Hey there, John Morris here, johnmorrisonline.com. Welcome back to another episode of The John Morris Show. This one, I am going to do my predictions for 2018. I mentioned I might do this in a past episode, and I do want to get into it because I want to talk about some different things. This is one of the points I want to make early on. You will probably have seen the hundreds of posts out there, people doing predictions for 2018. They're all about web design trends and this, that, and the other. And if you go back a year ago, they're almost all of the identical, exactly the same and so forth. And so they can get a little, <laughs> I don't know, I, I, I think they lose their usefulness. So I want to talk about some completely different kinds of trends and I want to make a, a sort of pitch to you and you can let me know what you think uh, about this. You can, wherever you happen to be listening to this, if you have a place to comment, you can do that or you can shoot me an email at support at johnmorrisonline.com and let me know what you think. But uh, there's this saying in politics that politics follow from culture, which I believe to be true. We, you know, There's a whole explanation about why that is. I have a similar belief about technology and, and what we do, and that technology follows from, uh, I would use the word economics. You might use the word business or markets, etc., and the reason that is is because at the end of the day, ultimately what we are doing, what we're building, who we're building it for is often, very, very often, I would say the majority of cases, it's some sort of business owner or it's some sort of, maybe it's a nonprofit, but there's still a business sort of element to that. You know, very rarely are the sites that you're going to build for somebody that you get paid for going to be some sort of hobby site. Well, those those sort of things are usually built by things like Wix, and, and people just aren't willing to spend a lot of money with a developer for, in general, for a sort of hobby-type site. Most of them, they're going to have some sort of monetary or business element to them. So the way business goes, the way markets go, the way the economy goes, tends to be the way that we as web developers also have to go because we're the ones building those things. So with that in mind, then the predictions that I want to talk about actually have more to do with the economy, with business and what's going on in some of these larger industries that affect us. I think that gives us a much clearer picture of where things are are headed for us and where the opportunities are going to be. And so that's what I want to talk about uh, in this episode. And there's two really big ones that I think are going to happen. Before I do that, of course, I want to encourage you to support the show if you would. You can head on over to store.johnmorrisonline.com. Check out all of my training products over there. As a listener of the show, you can get use the coupon code JMO for 20% off anything in the store. Get the coding training you need. Also help support the show and allow me to continue to do this for you. Also, if you're interested, I just uploaded my courses on Udemy. So I have like a mega course, a PHP mega course that you can learn about if you go to johnmorrisonline.com slash PHP. That'll redirect you to the Udemy course. So you can check that out as well. All right. So with that said, let's get into these predictions. So my first prediction that I think is going to happen, and I'll I'll be honest, I'm fudging a little bit here because I'm going to say 2018-ish because I'm not really sure exactly how fast this is going to move. I would say I think this first one is 2018, 2019. But 
that this prediction is that membership type sites will become way more prevalent, that we're going to see sort of the rise of this sort of thing. And the reason I think this, and I'll tell you why, how that affects you here in just a minute, but the reason I think uh, this is going to happen is I tend to use, and I think this is a good barometer for you to, to pay attention to what's just going on uh, in different industries, but I use the music industry as sort of the canary in the coal mine because... It was one of the very first major industries that was that was disrupted by the internet. You know, it was Tower Records and all these big record stores that essentially got wiped out by what Napster did and then what iTunes became and so forth. And again, it was one of the very first major industries to have that happen. Since then, we've seen what happened to Blockbuster and we've seen what happened has happened to bookstores and all these other industries have sort of followed suit. But again, music was the first one that it all happened to. And it seems like whatever happens to music, you can see starts to happen a few years later to all of these other industries. And so music has gone from sort of the initial peer-to-peer pirating that happened with Napster and, and LimeWire and some of these other ones. It's gone from that being kind of the big prevalent thing. I remember everybody used to have that stuff back in the day to then... You know, Apple came along and created an actual marketplace for it, and it 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 went into cheap sort of one-off downloads. To now, what you see a ton of is monthly memberships. You have, you know, the the Apple Music, you have Google Play Music, you have Spotify. I think Amazon even now has a monthly sort of membership. And with these memberships, the value proposition is, I mean, it's a no-brainer. I think I pay fifteen bucks a month. That And that gets me unlimited access to basically every song that's released, every song that's ever been released. I can go back and listen to stuff you know, from the 80s. and I mean, I can listen to virtually any music that was ever created. I can listen to for 15 bucks a month. And it's, I think it's like six different accounts that you can add to it. So all my family, you know, my wife, my kids, they can all have their own account. So for me as the end user, the, you know, if I'm interested in music... The value proposition is a no-brainer, and that's where we've seen a lot of this this music stuff go. So, again, I use that as the canary in the coal mine, and I think video, in particular, is headed that way. So with video right now, I'm talking movies, TV shows, etc., we're sort of at the, I wouldn't call it the cheap one-off downloads, I would call it the expensive one-off downloads. You're still paying... You know, fourteen or fifteen dollars for to to download a movie from Google Play or buy it on Amazon or whatever. I think again over the next year to two years, and, and one of the things that leads me to believe this is what Netflix has done. So I don't know if you you're on Netflix, but Netflix sent out a survey about a month ago or so, and they asked a ton of questions, and a lot of them seem to revolve around. Do you want new original content? Do you want access to blo- new blockbuster videos when they come out? It, it was really, I think, trying to figure to answer that question. And then the it wasn't long after that they said, as a result of you know what we've learned from people about what they want, we're raising our price. All of that leads me to believe that Netflix is going to make a huge push for uh, for movie content. I I just have this sense. I can't again. I can't tell you the logical 
the layout there for it. I just have the sense that they've do, been doing a lot of original content, and, and that's been going well, but I feel like they're going to make another strong push towards any new movie that comes out, you can get it on Netflix. And I just feel like someone is going to get this right with video and is going to create some sort of monthly membership service that is going to allow you to get access to new movies as they come out. Maybe not right as they come out uh, in theaters, but you know when they're available on DVD, they're available in your in your membership. I think eventually this won't be 2018. This will be down the road. But eventually, I think all sorts of video co- content is going to merge. So I think eventually what will happen is you'll be able to log into one app, and there will be multiple competitors that do this same thing. But you'll basically be able to one, log into one app, and there you'll have access to all of your TV shows live and on demand. You'll have access to all of your movies that you've bought or through your membership uh, that you have uh, or actually, in this case, it'd be through your membership. You'll have access to just basically a vast amount of movies. And you'll have access to a bunch of live events that you'll be able to... Like all of it, t- you know, your cable package, your Google Play package, your you know, PlayStation View streaming package, whatever that combination is if you're, if you're a streamer. Whatever that is, is all going to merge sort of into one. Again, that's, I think, much further down the road. But it just makes sense in terms of, in our minds, you know, we don't, it's all video content ultimately. The only reason it's separated out now is because there's different businesses doing, but I really feel like it's all going to merge. So again, I think these membership type sites are going to become more prevalent. And I just talked about video there. I think it's the same thing's going to happen, you know, in education when you look at sites like Udemy and some of this other stuff, I think you're going to see more and more membership-related type uh, options available for things like that. But I'll, I'll get into education here in a second. But again, just the rise of the membership site. So how do you, as a developer, exploit this sort of thing? Well, it's kind of that uh, that common saying, rising tides swell all ships. I think the more people get, the more these memberships in these sort of big brand uh, companies and offerings start to become more prevalent, the more people are going to get com- comfortable with memberships. And you know, smaller business owners tend to follow the suit of large companies. And so you're going to see more and more business owners start getting into this sort of membership-oriented business model. Now, I know that I have really two distinct type of people that tend to follow me. One are, of course, web developers looking to learn how to code and and so forth. The other are digital marketers. And you're maybe the more quiet group out there, but I I do hear from you. So I want to cover how both of you can exploit this. As a digital marketer, it's pretty straightforward. Look for different ways to add membership elements to your offerings. I mean, this is one of the reasons why I have my Patreon offering is it's a membership element and i think again as as patreon itself grows but as membership sites become more prevalent people are going to more and more see the value of just being able to have access to all of my courses you know everything i've ever created everything i will ever create for a you know low monthly fee it's just it's just like the google play music it's a 
it just is a no brainer sort of offer. And I've, so I've added that myself to my business, uh, over the, a few years ago because I felt like I saw this coming back then. But again, for you as a digital marketer, just add some sort of membership element. That is a no brainer offer like that. That is something that's not extra, but it's a natural part of what you do. So sell your products one off, also have a, a membership where they can get access to everything or they get a super huge discount on everything, or there's a, you know, there's a core set of stuff that they get access to, however you do that, but add a membership component. If you're a developer, start learning how to build membership sites. Start learning how to build and execute on these things. Now, I personally would recommend using WordPress. I would recommend using, and full disclosure, this is my one of my clients, but I still, I was a customer of theirs first and I still believe this, but using Wishlist Member, the plugin Wishlist Member for WordPress is just a really good combination for uh, this sort of thing. So again, but whatever it is, learning how to do all of that, learning how to put these kind of sites together, what clients want and so forth, I really think it's going to become more and more prevalent. If you want to be a leader in, in, in all of this, then start thinking about how you can build that next, I think one of, not the only but one of the next big, big things, right? Like the next WordPress will be an application that lets you build your own Udemy. And there are probably things out there that are, are, are maybe sort of like that and try to do that and so forth. But I don't think that there's anything out there that's been done to the level of, say, like a WordPress or a Joomla or Drupal to where it kind of becomes the de facto standard. So... Again, if if you really want to be a leader and push the envelope here, that's one route that you could take to build the next big thing is to build something that allows people to very easily create their own Udemy style type site where they can offer courses like that and the whole the whole thing. So those are two ways that, again, if you're a digital marketer or developer that you can exploit that prediction. The second thing, the second prediction I have then is that and I've kind of talked about this quite a bit before, but I think the education industry will continue to get disrupted. I feel like education is changing dramatically and nobody really seems to be noticing. Like so people are so focused on the problem, they're not seeing the solution that's developing kind of right before them. So I think it's fairly obvious that the old model, the old edifice of education is dying. People are are starting to value, say, college education less and less. There's a lot of political back and forth about the issues there and the problems there and all these people that have all these different solutions and so forth. A lot of people are unhappy with the public education system. Homeschooling is uh, becoming a much bigger thing. And te- technology is, is aiding in all of this. And so I really think that old model, that old edifice is old. And I do think it's dying and you'll see uh, the future will be look a lot more like Udemy and Linda and Skillshare and some of these other things where it's a lot of online courses uh, and, and that sort of thing. And VR is going to play a role in that as well. But one of the things that's interesting is you realize Udemy didn't exist before 2010. So that was only seven to eight years ago. Now, I know for some of you, seven to eight years might seem like a long time, but that's really not that long ago. Uh, Khan Academy was founded in 2006, which is about 11, 12 years ago, which still really is not that long considering what these things are. 
You know, again, going back to the music industry, Napster, by contrast, happened in 1999. So, and and I would say Khan Academy hasn't disrupted the education system quite like Napster did back then. So the the point is, we're just at the beginning of all of this when it comes to education. And there definitely is a much more resilient existing infrastructure in place when it comes to education, which is why it has been, and I think it will continue to take longer and move slower, but it is happening. And if I were to project out, you know, a decade from now or whatever, I, and this is going to sound like really super futuristic, but if you look around at what's happening, I really don't think this is all that crazy to say. But I, I think soon we'll all be taking the majority of our, we'll all be doing our education online through the internet. And again, VR will play a big role in that. So for people who still want that in-person sort of thing, you'll have, I think, I really believe you'll have VR classes uh, where kids log into their class from their computer, they put on their little VR headset, and now they're sitting in a classroom uh, going to school that way. And so, you know, de- it, it depends how different uh, current education you know, systems and companies and processes and so forth adapt. But I think you will see colleges and universities continue to lose uh, lose their importance or wane in, in, in their importance. I think private schooling will become so cheap, and you can just look at any marketplace out there of how competitive it is. I think private schooling will become so cheap that public schooling will all but die. I, the thing I think about is this is when is the first, and maybe this has already happened, I just haven't seen it, but when is the first teacher or company going to decide, you know what, we're going to start taking all of our classes and we're going to put, we're going to create a full K through 12 curriculum over on Udemy. When, when's that going to happen? Who's going to be the first one to do that? You know, I really think that something like that is going, or, or Skillshare or wherever. I really think something like that, or they're going to create their own own site that's similar to that. There's already one. There's already actually K through twelve programs out there, and they're about two to three thousand dollars a year, which is definitely still more than what you have to pay out of pocket for uh, going to public school. But I know when my kids were in public school, it was about five hundred dollars a year still where I live. So it wasn't too much. It wasn't like a ton more, and it's way less than a lot of private. You know, tutoring in schools that are out there where you might pay ten or twelve thousand dollars a year or more than that. And again, as it becomes more competitive, I think those prices will continue to come down. So again, I just think that that industry is going to continue to get disrupted, and there's going to be tons of opportunities for people to to get into education uh, that that maybe aren't as as uh, easy to get into today. So. The way that you exploit this, I think, is if you're a digital marketer, it's fairly obvious. You're probably already in some sort of education role. Can look to continue and expand that. But if you're a developer, I would say you in particular get into education if you're not. Because, again, with what's happening in the education industry, coupled with the fact that you know our the entire world, our whole society is becoming more technologically advanced... And there's this great push for more technology. So the thing that people are wanting to learn often is technology. And that's going to continue to be the case for quite a while, uh, I believe. Now, so, and that just means to you as a, someone who's 
in technology already have a built-in advantage because you're teaching the very thing that a lot of people are going to want to learn. Now, it doesn't have to be your main thing, but I really believe every web developer who has got to the point where they're taking clients or working in a company, add, whether it's just YouTube videos or, or whatever, add some sort of educational component to what you're doing simply for the fact of just positioning yourself for when this takes off, you have sort of a foot in the door and, you know, who knows what could happen with your stuff. You know, maybe you could suddenly be getting millions of YouTube views or you have a course on Udemy that suddenly becomes the next big course over there or whatever. But position yourself for this boom when this the, when this kind of tidal wave, I think, is going to happen of uh, in the in- education industry and, you know, be there. To help others, when some of this existing infrastructure starts to collapse, you can help fill those gaps. The other thing I think is important that I, I, is an objection I get from a lot of people is don't be afraid to teach in your language. I think native language courses are going to grow in importance and popularity over the coming years because you know I get it from a lot of people that, well, I, I teach but I don't know English that well and all the people that are buying these courses speak English. That may or may not be true now. It's going to be less and less true going forward. There's plenty of people out there, the majority of the world, that doesn't speak English. And all of this is this sort of thing is going to be affecting all of those people. I just really think native language courses are going to become much more lucrative and important and popular as you know we move forward with this whole thing. So do not be afraid to teach in your native language. It might be a little bit less traction now, but I think down the road, you're going to get a lot more traction out of that. So those are my predictions for 2018 and and different ways that you can sort of exploit those things. Now, again, remember, these are just, these are my predictions. I, uh, you know, I, I, I don't have a logical, you know, I've given you some of my evidence and why I think this, but a lot of this is just sort of kind of intuition and gut, gut feel. So Take that for what you will, but I think this, these sort of things and what's going on in these other industries really affect what we as web developers are doing and so forth. And there's plenty of stuff I didn't mention like AI and all these other things. Maybe I'll do a different uh, episode on that. But for me, what I'm looking at are going to be these these two industries, I think, or these these two sort of trends. I, I, I really think those are going to become much more prevalent in 2018. So again, take that for what it's worth. If you liked the episode, I'd appreciate if you'd share it with someone who you think could benefit from it. If you haven't subscribed to the show, you can head on over to johnmorrisshow.com and find all the links for subscribing on iTunes, Android, uh, now on TuneIn, all that sort of thing. Plus you'll find all the past episodes over there, all the show notes for each episode as well. And if you'll give me a review over on iTunes. I will give you uh, module one of my PHP 101 course. Just leave me an honest review. So you can get all the details for that at johnmorrisshow.com and click the start here link. I would greatly appreciate that. All right, that'll do it for this episode. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time.